just talk about spirituality, fringe science, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And we are going to tell you more about Scientology. You didn't expect it. You were like, there is no way they have more information. (laughs) What? Part six? Yeah, there's... This is impossible. There's just a lot to tell, and you wanted it. The last time I said we had rounded the halfway point. Right. Now, what I meant by that was we were a little further than the halfway point. Right. But people are now expecting 10 episodes. Yeah. It might not be 10, guys. It might be more like eight. But it might. But maybe it'll be 10. We don't actually know. (laughs) We're just telling one story at a time. And this time, we're going to tell about our visit to the Scientology Celebrity Celebrity. Center on Franklin Avenue Avenue. in Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll catch on. Great jingle. (laughs) You'd been there before, right? I had. I'd never been. Oh, you'd never been? I'd never been. I'd walked past. I'd wanted to go there. Okay. But I had not been to the Scientology Celebrity Center. I had only been once before. But, okay. So I knew it was a good brunch, good solid brunch. You knew this. But I also knew that they will fool you into buying alcohol. They will fool you. Will they? Which now that I think of it is weird. They're kind of anti-alcohol. Are they? Well, kind of. They do the whole like you can't audit, you can't do basically any work if you've had alcohol in the last 24 hours. Oh, that's hours. true, which does sound like a condemnation of yeah. alcohol. But then again, the, you know, they have their whole purification rundown, keep your body clean in this chemical society, and yet yeah. so many of them smoke. So many. Which totally shocked me. Although I read an L. Ron Hubbard quote recently where he said that people don't smoke enough and that's how people get lung cancer. Great quote, LRH. <laughs> One for the ages. So we came on a Sunday for the brunch. The hotel was originally called the Chateau Elysee. Ah, wonderful. Something French. Again, I'm yeah. saying it wrong. No, I, I, I hope right. we run out of French terms to say. It's a historic building, and Scientology does this thing. They buy up historical buildings mm-hmm. in LA. They just bought the KCET building. Right. Finally, like making their Scientology Like where radio Sesame Street it. was yeah. filmed. I don't know why that makes me a little sad. <laughs> but, but apparently, they do a really good job of fixing up the buildings and preserving them and mm-hmm. leaving the important pieces of architecture in place. So this was a hotel. I'm picturing like Cookie Monster holding up ARC, like all the Sesame oh, Street Oh, don't say that. That <laughs> makes me so sad. C is for communication. Right, exactly. That's good enough for me. <laughs> C is for communication. It's good enough for me. Yeah, it's too Oh, oh right. ARC triangle is for me. <laughs> Reality, it doesn't mean what you think it does. One dynamic. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Fuck. Two dynamics. I need too much of this. <laughs> Look what I did. Look what you anyway, started. I've seen so I've seen that hotel a bunch of times because it happens to be right across the street from the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Oh yeah, right there. Popular comedy venue where I am many nights. And where we recorded our James Von Prague Psychic episode. Kids Network live episode. Yep, our first live yeah. episode ever. And that hotel is a beautiful building, about seven stories tall, and it's got spires on top. A uh, beautiful outdoor conservatory, is that what they call it? Where it's like a greenhouse, but it's for like having performances. I wasn't quite sure what that was, but it was, yeah, quite lovely from the outside. It's got a big green circus tent-like roof. Yeah. Palm trees that are like immaculately. And gardens outside. One that like looks like a large kind of labyrinth sort of thing, but too short where you can see over the top so you couldn't Mm -hmm. get lost in the labyrinth. The first time that I went, there was a woman playing croquet by herself while someone else watched her with a clipboard. And it looked like a very confusing, very weird game of croquet where she'd like hit the ball one way and then the woman with a clipboard would write 
write down something. And then the student went back and like had to hit it the other way. And she was just doing this for like an hour. So finally I asked my waiter, what's she doing? And he was like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's just a communication thing we do. <laughs> Which of course now I'm like, of course. Yeah. For communication, you must learn croquet. Was she using a flamingo? She was not. Hit the, okay, because this was sounding very Alice in Wonderland with like the Which little Which is one of the things maze. they do in a later class. What? Do you know about this? I just read about you this. You walk through a looking glass? <laughs> no, but in one of the later indoctrination classes, I which love is that what they, they call, call it, it indoctrination. <laughs> wow. uh, someone reported that wow. they were made to read Alice in Wonderland to their auditor. And if I were the student, what I would need to do is read it until I could read it without giggling. But I don't even know that that's the goal. You just have to keep telling me to read oh. it to you over and over until it becomes like not silly and funny to me me so this is really a public service announcement for all future scientologists that you'll be ready then yeah you'll know the goal yeah just don't giggle don't read laugh. it straight faced which is so perfectly in line with our experience of like us making jokes and then being like mm-hmm. mm, mm. i acknowledge that you have made a humor interesting mm-hmm. hadn't thought about that element mm-hmm. that's part of the training where they stamp the humor out of you yeah maybe not sad that would be sad yeah were that true like right across from ucb it might not be the case but Right. I don't know. I just it would explain some things. So the hotel was built uh, starting 1927. Scientology started using it in 1969, but fully like bought the building in 1973. Man, can you imagine building that big, beautiful building in 1927? And then two years later, you're like, wait, why two years later? crash of 29 oh yeah oh i I didn't even think about that good news right then 1927 was the year of the first talkie film the jazz singer oh okay and then 1929 was the year of steamboat willie the first hey uh, animation was sound so did steamboat willie cause the great depression if correlation implies causation then maybe okay so scientology bought it in the 60s you said in 73 73. Okay, season four of the Maritella Moore Show. Got it. Part of it is used, I guess, as housing or actual like hotel rooms. And then the upper buildings are supposed to be used for management. We did not go up there. I've talked to other friends who have been given tours where they get to go upstairs. Down on the bottom floor, they have you know classes that go on there. And the Renaissance restaurant. Yes. And so uh, I showed up a bit early. I'd actually just come over that Sunday morning from the LA org. I'd stopped by there to meet with Roger And so I'll tell that story later because this is about me preparing for the next coursework that I would take. Gotcha. Uh, But then I had a good hard out to say, oh, I need to get over to the Celebrity Center. And they'll they'll let you go if you're going to another Scientology spot. We should have just said that every time. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Got something at the Glendale Org. Gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Heading over to the Pasadena Org. Oh, gotta get to the Celebrity Center. Yeah, I got there a little early and the grounds were beautiful. Told the parking attendant, this is a good tip. Just let them know you're there to meet someone. I was. I was going to meet you mm-hmm. and Drew. Mm-hmm. And so he let me have a parking spot there. And then he kind of tailed me for a little so while. Wait, why do you have to say you're there to meet someone and not just I'm here to go to the restaurant? I don't know, because it seemed like that wasn't good enough for him. Huh. But when I said I was there to meet someone, then he's like, oh, go ahead and park. Oh, strange. Okay. So, I don't know. Maybe that was just that one particular guy. Huh. But yeah, then he did walk around with me for a little bit and like, can I help you? And he was like, <laughs> go away. <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh, goodness. They, they're Need such things to do. They're such helicopter parents. Yeah, though, they really are. <laughs> so they really are. I saw that big green building, beautiful, kind of turn left from the parking lot toward the hotel itself. And it was before they'd open. Like, they don't open till 1030 when mm-hmm. the brunch starts. And so I had a good 20 minutes to putter around. There were a couple other people waiting there, so I chit-chatted with them a little bit. None of them seemed to be Scientologists. I was excited about this. They had an armillary sphere. 
A what? You know, like a spherical astrolabe. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything <laughs> yeah, else. It's, it was like a lawn ornamentation, but it's like this kind of oh, iron wrought, yes, yeah, sphere yeah, within yeah, a sphere, yeah, 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 originally yeah, like a yeah, representation yeah. of the celestial sphere. What's it called? An armillary sphere. Got it. I walked around, uh, snapped a lot of pictures. I can show you guys the beautiful grounds of the Celebrity Center. Check it out on Facebook. Saw the gardens and they these big wooden oak doors and there was like a tennis court or something like that. I didn't get too close to it, but it looked like a tennis court. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, there was a little restaurant around the back. A the, different one. Yeah, a little like stop and order stuff at the counter kind like of place. A, okay, like a deli or a cafe. Called the Rose Garden Cafe. Ooh, yeah. very nice. So I stopped very in there nice. and actually it looked like a pretty good menu and the prices were reasonable. And uh, they had quiche. Oh, no. That <laughs> <laughs> made me chuckle. Of course they did. I wonder, I'm going to look this up right now, whether anyone has reported on the Scientology... No, it doesn't look like anyone besides us has touched on the strange quiche thing at Scientology. We're breaking, breaking the journalism. Story. <laughs> Scientology and quiche. What uh, is the connection? What is it? <laughs> so, Why does it happen? Yeah, to the left, then there was uh, kind of another entry door to the hotel itself and kind of a lobby like area. And that door was open, so I went in. It was just so cool because they had these displays with all of the usual stuff, you know, Mind, Body, Thetan, over 25 million copies of Dianetic Soul, 100 weeks on the bestseller list, and all these giant posters, and an e-meter, not any old e-meter, but a Hubbard Professional Mark Ultra 8 Roman numerals in silver. Ooh. And there was a little registered trademark after Hubbard, which I thought was pretty fun. Because <laughs> everyone's just dying to use that name. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> for their own uh, dastardly purposes. Anyways, I was able to kind of wander around there for a while. And like no one was there to lean over me or breathe down my neck. And I just kind of looked like I knew what I was doing when people would walk by. So mm-hmm. I just enjoyed that. Like, wow, for once, like I can just have unfettered access to a Scientology location. Well, yeah. And by unfettered access, you just mean like actually walk around like a normal person. Yeah. Without anyone like, (laughs) how can I help you? What are you trying to do? Where have you been? Are you on course? Right. Can I sign you up for a course? Yeah. So then you texted me around that time. You guys had shown up. Drew drove there and I walked there. I just wanted a nice uh, walkie woo. Okay. But you guys were there and uh, I ran towards you like in a musical. Oh, that's right. Yes. Because there was the Arboretum or whatever it is behind you and then you were coming down these stairs and I think you realized you could have a very dramatic entrance yes very cinematic because it was just a beautiful location I, d- I think you also ran down the stairs on in that sideways way where it's like left foot then right foot meets left foot then left foot then right foot meets left foot yes like to the side yes you know what I'm saying oh yeah it was, a, it was a song and dance number yeah and we were both like hi <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're, I guess we're with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got in there. They don't have you pay up front or anything. You just get seated right. and go get your food. Here's the thing, though. What's the thing? Brunch is $15. $15.26 I spent. But the first time that I went, as we walked in, they were like, uh, and can we get you a mimosa? And they just kind of acted like it was part of the thing. And I was like, sure. And then they just kept being like, let me refill your mimosa. No like indication <sighs> that like you're paying for these. And so the first really? time I went, I spent like an extra 20 bucks or something on mimosas, on mimosas. not knowing. Thinking they were all annoyed. complimentary. Well, yeah. that's sneaky. Okay, note to all of you. Mm-hmm. But the brunch itself was fantastic. Yeah, it's good. And even, you know, just with vegetarian options, there was plenty to eat. Yeah. <laughs> there were deviled eggs. There, Of course there were. <laughs> 
Uh, and there was something that we were like, good. is that quiche? That might be quiche. Maybe that's quiche. But it turned out to be some sort of apple frittery thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had, but they love anything shaped like a pie. They indeed do. Yeah, not, not an actual pie, but if it's shaped no. like one. We're yeah. in. I ate my money's worth. Let's Good. just say that. I, I had... ate a lot of potatoes and tomatoes because you know how I love a breakfast potato and a breakfast tomato. Ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. And there was some weird like baked wrap casserole thing we couldn't identify. Mm. I was like, I'll try it out so you don't have to. Okay. And Thank you. Fruit and pancakes. They had lots of those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and lemonade. Very good lemonade. Like oh, good. The yes. real deal. Oh, phew. none of this like Ross m- really Minute likes Maid lemonade stuff. And orange juice. Lots of orange juice. Yep. Coffee. Good coffee there. Yeah. And you can keep going back. It's yeah. a good deal for the money. You and I at this point are like pretty comfortable at Scientology places. But mm-hmm. poor Drew is like, what's happening? Maybe, are they maybe you to guys, us? maybe you shouldn't talk so loud about, uh, about what you're doing. Oh, no. It's okay. I don't know. I can't hear. Yeah. There's no microphones installed in this table. <laughs> but maybe there are. Uh, but yeah, they were very attentive in serving, but not hovering around. And right. No Scientology pitch whatsoever. I would fully recommend this without qualifications to anybody for a good meal. The closest thing to a pitch is that as you're leaving, I think... If you don't ask yourself, they'll offer you a, a tour of the hotel, which turns into a Scientology pitch. Oh. But it's not like it's a hard sell. Gotcha. It's just like that's a thing you can do. Okay. Uh, yeah, I even recommended this recently to our friend Zeke. She was asking for brunch recommendations. Mm-hmm. But now I realize she can't go. And y- you and I can't go. So sad. It's closed until February of 2018. And I'm actually kind of bummed because both you and I were thinking of going back. Yeah. Because it's a great meal. It's a, it's a good stop on a Sunday morn. So everybody, when it comes back in 2018, yeah, go have brunch at the Scientology Celebrity Center. But you and I were not there just for brunch. No, sir. No, sir. We were originally going to go just for food, but then we discovered something at least as exciting. We discovered that we could break into the industry. Finally! Breaking into the industry. I love how people can just say the industry and we all know which one it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah, it's Hollywood. Yeah. Hello. Uh, yeah, it's the performance industry. The it's any kind of arts. Industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, yeah, we found on their website, they were advertising these classes. One is sort of an acting workshop. They actually have a fair number of classes. Like there was one for how to get an agent, for example. Oh, okay. And so there was this flyer on their website for this particular class. And this was Sunday, January 10th. And the class was going to be at 1230. So we came to eat at 1030. We had plenty of time. Perfect. Yeah. We walked around the building. So uh, yeah, after paying, we then toured ourselves around a tiny bit. But then we just worked our way down the hallway where the class was going to be. Well, first we had to walk into a, a little tiny like registrar office where you fill out some forms. Of course. Yeah. Of course you got to fill out forms. Yeah. Write down your name and address and all your personal details, of course. Got to do that. Turn those in. Young woman there with her mom Mm -hmm. also waiting to go in. Yeah. There were just like a few people. So at first I was thinking, like, oh, it's going to be another small class. Yeah. And so then they let us in around the time it was supposed to start a few minutes before. Mm -hmm. And we sat around there waiting. And, you know, then the time came for the class to start. Other people trickled in. And uh, it, it got pretty full. Yeah, I was going to say, there were maybe about 40 seats in mm-hmm. the room. They were kind of like stadium seats. And there were a good, what, 25 people there? Yeah, I'd say 25, 30 people. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, it was this little room kind of attached to the main hallway. And the the style was very like kind of uh, French Rococo. 
uh, <laughs> these it, tapestries that depicted these Okay, scenes. I got to look up Rococo. I don't know what that looks like. So. Oh, okay. I'm just getting a lot of gold and brocade. But yeah, okay, I think... Got it. And fancy. The, See, I would have just said like fancy, you know, and it looks all fancy and gold and stuff. It looked like that. It was real fancy. like. And then they would continue the tapestry with paintings on the wall. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, you're looking at kind of this view of a vineyard and a quiet lake. And then uh, the little, again, trompe l'oeil, trompe l'oeil, however you say it, painting of uh, balustrade, uh, like marble. Mm. Uh, columns kind of surrounding you uh anyway so it was you know fancy in there it, was, it just felt kind of weird for the scientology getting into the industry course yeah and then the chairs had been set up for the three instructors french chairs with flowers all over them so it was just weird it felt like all this furniture from the 1700s so much of the introductory scientology stuff is kind of like your dad dressing up in a backwards baseball cap to rap about marijuana to you. (laughs) It's just like, you think that this is meeting me on a certain level, or you think you've like figured out what the populace wants, but you haven't gotten there. And you think this room was part of that? Yeah, maybe. Just like, I'm trying to put my finger on it. But like, in this case, I feel like it's like, oh, they're in the industry. They're artists. Okay. Okay. Ah, What's that? Okay. Yeah. This one. Yeah. Good for creatives. Yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe. I don't mean your dad personally. I don't know, Mr. Blotcher. (laughs) He would uh, put his baseball cap on backward for no one. (laughs) It was the time for the class to start, but we're just sitting there Uh reading our new celebrity magazines Uh uh, because they'd passed those out. Juliette Lewis on the cover, I believe. Yeah. Mine had John Travolta on the cover. Okay. Great. I learned that John Travolta- Scientological heavy hitters. He holds licenses to fly 11 different jet engines, including a 747. It's really big in Scientology to talk about how many vessels you can can master. Ooh, there's an article, The Purification Program by L. Ron Hubbard. I'm totally going to read that. Oh, yeah. They all, all the celebrity magazines have some long article by L. Ron Hubbard as if it's new. Obviously not. (laughs) Right, right. John Travolta, they were asking him his favorite books by L.R.H. He's like, like, oh, there's too many to pick. There's no way you can say that. And then he goes into this litany of books, you know, that he's read many times. Yeah. So it becomes like, I don't know, 20 minutes past when it was supposed to start. And I was, I needed to pee so bad. So. I was oh, like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go pee. And then as I go to finally go pee, of course I pass the people who are gonna come lead the thing. So I think, oh no, I'm gonna miss the beginning. But I still didn't. No. I just went in a side room and did something for a while. Oh yeah. And they kept like coming in and apologize and say, Oh, you know, one of our people is running late. They never mm-hmm. said which of the three. Right. Uh and so it's just a little delayed. We'll get started soon. And it was forty minutes before they finally oh, came in. Oh my god. Yeah. And there was no apology. Yeah, I and they mean, even told us when they'd arrived, and you're right, they just like went to a side room for a while, I don't know, yeah. to confer or something. And you were saying, okay, if they don't come within five minutes, I say we go. Uh-huh. You were you were pissed. Yeah. <laughs> As you should be. 45 minutes. It's like, come on now. And at this point, we had just been so familiarized with Scientology's lack of respect for everybody's time. Time. Totally. Okay. Now we finally got them coming in and we get to meet our three instructors. Yay. I bet that they will be truly experts in their field. They will have interesting, concise things to say that are usable. <laughs> and nothing that they say will be vague and inapplicable. Is that how it will go? <laughs> All right. Well, I'd say there's a little bit of hit and miss there. Uh, they they had been advertised on the original flyer. We'll use their real names because yeah. this is a you know publicly advertised class. Private career coach Joyce Wallace. 
She has coached multiple award-winning actors and filmmakers and Grammy award-winning musicians. Mm-hmm. If you go to her website, it's entirely a pitch for Scientology. From the, the early 90s, clearly. It's a yeah. very early website. If she is the only Joyce Wallace on IMDb, then she has one acting credit. Oh, does she? Yeah, she told us that she's worked with many people over the years, but her biggest claim to fame when she introduced herself was that she had met L. Ron Hubbard in 1968. Oh, that's right. It worked with him in 1968, 1969, and personally was taught like business techniques from him. And she has coached many successful actors, filmmakers, and musicians. And then we had... Gary Imhoff. A director and actor. He said uh, he's best known as being a voice actor uh, on the Spider-Man series. He was the Green Goblin slash Harry Osborn. And he was also Prince Cornelius in Thumbelina. Thumbelina. By uh, <laughs> Don Bluth, who I love and you hate. Okay, that's a good way of summarizing that, yes. <laughs> Um, the 1980s, Tale of an Inconvenient Bluth. No, bad. <laughs> so Gary's claim to fame was written in the best way. Oh, yeah, this the, I feel is a little... Misdirecting? At best. Yeah. It's just bizarre. Yeah, what okay. did they say? Here's what it says. Gary Imhoff, director and actor, award-winning director and actor who has worked with actors who have won 16 Oscars, 72 Emmys, 24 Golden Globes, 30 Tony Awards, and have 22 stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Okay. Yeah. You've worked with them? Yeah, this is just like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon sort of thing. That's a ridiculous thing to say. And that someone like went through and like, okay, well, we're going to see the people you worked with. and Okay, we got a Hollywood Walk of Fame star there. Oh, here's another Emmy. And it's just... What a bizarre measure of your success in Hollywood. Yeah, so I mean, like, he worked with Tom Bluth. You know that some of Tom Bluth's Golden Globes are in those 24, you know, I mean. I don't think they needed to do that. He has the most impressive, you know, IMDb list of any of the people here. weird. His IMDb, I mean, it's not like he was in a bunch of, like, or had a bunch of big roles in heavy-hitting movies. But he's clearly been a steady working actor. Yeah, I mean, definitely a a person who's getting serious work in L.A., which is impressive So he can rest on his own laurels it was it was really strange how they advertised him 39 acting credits on imdb and and to his credit he didn't introduce himself that way so maybe they just wrote that for him maybe but (laughs) when he came in he was sashaying on that intro like that's right so i don't know okay well he definitely a confident person but you know that's the scientology way True. And then finally, we had Leslie Wells, and she has directed Golden Globe and Emmy Award winners. <laughs> At what? To what? Huh? What? Come on. They yeah. might have been in high school. I don't know. But it sounds like maybe she worked with plays or something like that. She did not talk very much during the entirety of the class. It was in, in the order we introduce you to these folks is the order in which they spoke the most. So we heard a mm-hmm. lot from Joyce, yep. a fair amount from Gary, and very, very little, little from, from Leslie. Leslie. To use LRH's numerical system, I'll say, 70% of this class is Joyce. <laughs> 25% is Gary. 5% is Leslie. Leslie, I tried to find her on IMDb. There are a bunch of Leslie Wells, so wasn't sure which one. But mm. if she's on there, like her photo's not on it, there's only a couple minor credits in it for all of them. So. Okay. And all of that, I would say, is fine. You know, whatever. That's fine. You can it's fine. share I mean, good advice. Y- yeah. But, you know, I mean, when you're going to one of these things and you're new to the industry, you kind of want... Uh, you want someone who either has a strong IMDb, so you're like, okay, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Or you want them to explain what it is they do. Like being so vague as to say, I've coached 
Emmy award-winning actors is so vague yeah. that I'm just like, what do I trust you about? I have no idea. That's fair. And you showed me a list of Scientology working actors, and it's really not as big of a list as I think we've all been kind of mm-hmm. led to believe. Yeah. There are some big-name celebrities that work for the church or are affiliated with the church, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's not this extensive list. So on the other hand, I can see it would be hard to, every week, they seem to offer the class on a weekly basis. You know, it'd be hard to bring in big heavy hitters for each intro class yeah three but, of them but hang out like if a university were like well we're just we have shitty professors <laughs> because we don't have good ones yeah <laughs> then don't, then don't offer the class yeah, don't offer the class. yeah. all right i was willing to give them a pass on that but yeah you make it, you make we probably point. should because you know they haven't even started talking so <laughs> fair enough oh and speaking of actors who are scientologists i also couldn't find a single oscar given to a scientologist for acting Okay. Wow, that's I'm, interesting. I'm not saying there are none, but I couldn't find any. Right. There are other awards given to people who work in other parts of the business. Right. But not act. Interesting. So they went around and they had each person kind of introduce themselves and say what their current experience is and kind of what they want to do. And pretty much everyone in the room wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm, except I, you. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was the one standout. And, uh, my, uh, mine was very slightly left of that. Mm-hmm. But everyone else was literally just like, yeah, I'm another actor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, and then they kind of went around again and asked people to talk about their goals and what it is that they really want to do. So this filled up a lot of time, just kind of going through the room and having each person uh, say that. And then they kept asking each person, do you have an agent? Do you have an uh-huh. agent? Do you have an agent? Yeah, which also like if someone had an agent, they, you know, they wouldn't be there. And you should know that. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, you talked about your goals uh, to write and perform. I talked about my goals to pursue my own side projects. And yeah, then Joyce launched into her uh, kind of introduction. Now let's picture Joyce. Joyce, okay. Oh boy. So she's a, a tall, willowy woman, mm-hmm. uh, probably in her 70s? Yeah, I think late 60s, early 70s. Uh, with red, like red hair, like dyed red auburn, hair. Yeah, very clearly dyed red mm-hmm. hair, maybe maybe a wig. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. She also had that, it's actually a trait that I sort of admire in older women who can pull it off, this sort of like elegance, like she wears wraps. Oh, yes. And a beautiful long silver necklace. You know. She has poise for sure. Yeah, definitely. And and speaks in just this a very, you know, like everything I say is really important. Oh, yes. And I could float away on a cloud any second now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, and she was annoying. Oh, she really was. I, I mean, I found her and Gary annoying. You didn't find. I didn't you find. Only found I like Gary. Yeah, uh, I, found, I thought they were both annoying. I found Joyce uh, incredibly annoying. But Joyce was definitely, we can agree, the most annoying. She dropped a lot of Scientology lingo. Uh huh. Clearly, she'd been in it very closely for many years. Yeah, everything that she said, she would treat with intense awe. Uh-huh. Like, like I'm so impressed with what I just said. <laughs> Didn't matter how yeah. simple it was, it would just be this pause and wait for it all to soak in. And then, like, ask you a rhetorical question about whether you understood the gravity of what oh, she just said. Every other sentence ended with, you follow? Uh-huh. And then sometimes she'd throw in, you understand? Uh-huh. You understand what I'm saying? But, oh, the you follow, like, started to really annoy me. Uh-huh. And then she would find a person and just, like, speak directly into their eyes and kind of mm. confront them on something. Uh-huh. And, like, she'd be playing this one-sided conversation where you have no idea where she's going with this. Uh-huh. So you don't know how to respond. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a pet peeve of both of ours. Yeah. And so then she asks you this sort of thing, you know, like, and where are you headed? Uh-huh. And it's like, what are you, what, what do you want? Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> 
how can I how can I answer this so you don't humiliate me automatically? You need to be on a gradient, am I right? You follow? Yes. yes. Fo- uh huh. People are just like so eager to just like give her what she wants. And I think both you and I started talking back a little bit, which uh-huh. oddly enough, I think kind of won us a little bit of favor yeah, with her. Yeah, they kept, she kept like actually laughing at us. At one point, she like grabs me by both shoulders and she was oh, like, wow. like, you're a little scoundrel. Um, <laughs> you're a daydreamer. <laughs> she said that, didn't she? No. <laughs> when everyone went around and said their goals, Some people like didn't really know how to put a finger on it. And there's also this phenomenon of 20 people have already said the same thing I'm about to say. So I want to say it a little differently just for everybody in the room. What are the right synonyms I can use? Sure. Yeah. You know, so then people are getting like a little vaguer or trying to add like some little detail just to like make it a little more interesting. And then she would like dig into those and be like, and what are you doing about that? Oh, that's so interesting. So you don't just want to be an actor. You like comedy you know and it's like oh, oh this yeah this person was just and taking <laughs> one small word and right extrapolating this big inference right. about a person and i would say the most annoying trait is that she would just stop every now and then to kind of like laugh internally uh, yes this was so <laughs> bizarre i don't know if internally is even the word i mean she would like stop she'd be in the middle of a laugh sentence and, and then- like double over not not double over as in um, like guffawing, but silently laugh to the point that her whole body would fold. And then she still- Her eyes closed us. in rapture uh-huh. at whatever this internal joke is that's going and on in her head. sometimes glance at the two people behind her and Gary might give her like a polite like- <laughs> Yeah, she'd give them this long meaningful look. <laughs> yeah. And then she'd turn back to us and all of this would take about 10 seconds. Right. And she'd be like, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just- it's very funny, and I can't explain it. It's, it's an inside joke. Like, yeah. what? what? What are you and doing? Then at one point, she said, it's just that Gary and I have been trying to set this up for so long, which just like was a little too much peering behind the curtain. I was like, don't tell me that you've had trouble setting up your free conference at the Church of Scientology. This happened continually throughout the class where she would just stop us all for 10 seconds so we could watch her have this little moment. Yeah, it was so weird. And you could just tell like how much she and Gary were just loving being the experts of this room. They were in love with each other and with themselves. Mm-hmm. And yes, she kept uh, stopping to say, oh, I'm sorry, I interrupt a lot. But uh, I mean, I'm just I'm a feisty one. I'm a firebrand. Oh, God. Shut up. (laughs) So as much as I hate to say it, she was incredibly irritating. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, and there is one girl who somehow, like, didn't pick up the memo of the room, which is like, think of what you want to do and say it confidently. So when they got to her, she's like, I don't know. I'm, you know, I I admit I'm kind of like a little floundering and... You know, I'm 19. I just moved here, and uh, I know I want to be a performer, but like, oh, no, I don't no, no. Talk about God. oh god, oh boy, what a mistake! How dare you be 19? How dare you? <laughs> so they like hone in on this. You don't. You need to decide. You need to take a stand to be like, this is what I want. This is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> someone said to her, "Is there someone really negative in your life?" Oh yes. And she said, "Yeah." 
And they were like, okay. And then they all look at each other and nod. No, yeah, I mean, we know what they're nodding at. There's an it. SP in her okay, life. Okay, yeah, there's an SP. She's a potential trouble source. We probably shouldn't be talking to her. Okay. And so she started yeah. right off the bat with, this is all about this book. Yeah, The Problems of Work by L. Ron Hubbard. Wasn't making any bones about this. This is the Scientology Celebrity Center, and we're going to teach you about Scientology. Right. They weren't trying to pretend like, oh, these are just general acting roles. Like, this is tech for from L. Ron Hubbard. Right. And they didn't frame it as a religious thing. But nope. yeah, it was very clear, like, you're going to learn but, how these tools can help yeah, you. Yeah, these are tools, and yeah. you need to learn them. So she started out with a couple quotes from Hubbard about work itself. And then she introduced us to the ARC triangle right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And there was a big whiteboard at the front, so she drew the uh, large triangle and labeled it ARC. Uh-huh. And she asked, have any of you heard of the ARC triangle? And I said, yep. Mm-hmm. And she turned to me, well, how do you know about the ARC triangle? I said, I read that book. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, she was very impressed with that. Oh, well. Did she come and touch you? No, should oh. she have? Oh, I just felt that she came and touched me a lot. And we were both sitting in the front row. So mm. I wondered if she came and touched you. I don't you. know if I was touched by Joyce. I was. Well, fancy. Emotionally that builds, and physically. That shows affinity. It does. Uh, yeah, so we were told that the ARC triangle is the basis for everything. It's how you communicate with anybody. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, if you listen to a previous episode, you know what the ARC triangle is, so we won't go. So they retold all, everything we said in the episode, but just very slowly. Yeah. And self-importantly. Drew it on the board. Asked a lot of rhetorical questions where it wasn't clear what they were asking. And so I just yep. kept saying triangles as the answer to everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got a good laugh one time. She was taking too long to finish the sentence. You should understand communication and affinity and reality and and you threw in triangles. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody burst out laughing. Oh, that was awesome. When she was, I'm glad you're remembering my laugh lines yeah, too. I see? appreciate That's it. I'm equal opportunity laugh line. Remember. Oh, and there was one point where she was looking at the triangle and she was like, "Do you see how this will help you in front of <laughs> casting directors, in front of everyone?" And I like looked at the room and everyone was like nodding vigorously. Uh-huh. I was like, no, we're not getting anything out of this. What? <laughs> that would happen constantly. She'd punctuate very obvious observation with, do you understand how this relates to the mm-hmm. industry? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, you're right. Sometimes it wasn't so much that like this won't help as like, yeah, this would help to implement, but anyone would know that. Yeah, it, it all came down to put yourself out there. Put yourself out there. Be you. Be the and, honest you. And find out what they want and try to see how that matches what you want. Yeah, and get started. Yeah. Don't sit around. Focus. Yeah. Okay, that's all great, but we said that in less than a minute. Right. <laughs> right. This class was nearly 2 hours. Oh. Actually, yeah, I think it was a little over 2 hours we were there. It not even including the late start time. Ross? Uh, yes. That's a super interesting. Yeah, I think so. But you know what's also interesting to me? Um, doggies. Yes. Oh, you're right. I wish that I could listen to a show about doggies right now. Oh, well, here's one. I'm Allegra Ringo, a dog owner. And I'm Renee Colbert, a dog wanter. And we host a show called Can I Pet Your Dog? The podcast for unapologetic dog lovers. You can find us every Tuesday on MaximumFun.org or on iTunes. So now what is this? Is this just a podcast where all we do is talk about dogs? Sort of. Uh, We definitely have a segment called Dogs We Met This Week, where we tell you about, you know, dogs we met this week. 
We also have a segment called Dog Heroes, as well as Cool Dog Tech and Stupid Dog Tech. We also have some of your favorite celebrities. Lin-Manuel Miranda, who did Hamilton, has been a guest. We've got Leslie Margarita. Uh, We've had Nicole Byer, Ann Wheaton, all the best uh, dog-related celebrities. So check us out every Tuesday on MaximumFun.org or on iTunes. Can I pet your dog? Can I pet your dog? Renee and Allegra. C-I-P-Y-D. Gary jumped in with a little story. I think it was to emphasize one of those points. Maybe it was. Anyways, he was uh, talking about, oh, yeah, the power of intention behind a message, Mm. behind sharing information. That was it. And he was saying that, like, this might be metaphysical. When I need to open my garage door, Mm. like, I hit the button in my car. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not paying attention, I'm just doing other things or having a conversation, the door won't open. But if I then stop and think, I want the door to open and I push the button, it opens. Yes. And then he even said, no, of course, you could explain this as like, oh, when I'm looking at it, I push it more directly or harder or whatever. It was because, yeah, you threw out, like you said. Oh, I did? "Uh, Well, have you tried (laughs) pushing the button a little harder? Maybe that has something to do with it. It completely is him just like being like, well, you could have it, but no, <laughs> no, it was he, me. Okay. Yeah, and then he said like, I mean, if if you're a more scientific thinker like you, <laughs> would, then that could be it. And he, he kind of like jokingly realized that maybe that was a silly story. <laughs> they talked about the tone scale, gave a lot of examples. Read us a particular letter that you may recall. Yeah, that so, was great. So Gary read us a letter to George Roy Hill, who directed The Sting. And it's a real letter. He didn't tell us who it was written by. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never heard this before, did you? Me neither, no. This is great. I looked it up. It's a real letter. And it's someone writing to this director and saying, I'm 18 years old and I want you to discover me. And, I'm and not a particularly good looking guy, but you know, I'm really entertaining and I should be known just beyond my high school. Right. And, and we could do this multiple ways. You could find me or I could, you know. Audition for you. Exactly. Um, and it's very tongue in cheek. You can tell this person is being funny and he keeps saying like you could discover me and blammo i'm a star and he kept (laughs) saying that real cute and then at the end it's signed thomas j hanks tom hanks when we all and it's so it's so consistent too with what you know the personality of tom hanks that we've always thought of him having so yeah yeah, it's it's wonderful yeah it's great now here's the thing okay real letter But he never worked with that director. Really? So one, you know, I mean, it's good that Tom Hanks had that attitude, but you can't really say that this letter won him anything. Okay. But my question is It shows a mindset, though, that clearly led to his success. That much I'll allow. (laughs) Um, Uh, Another important note, not a Scientologist, Tom Hanks. Ah, true. But also, I just wonder why this letter is still around. If the director never hired him and never, like, answered the letter, why would he keep it? Because he just thought it was funny. Yeah, maybe he liked this precocious kid and he just happened maybe. to have it or discover it later when Tom Hanks became maybe. a big actor. Huh? Yeah, I mean, it seems possible. Maybe but... pass it around town and everybody's like, we got to hire this kid. Maybe. And then they did. Actually, I think he went to Sacramento State. Really? I think so. Cool. Yeah. I like Tom Hanks. Me too. And you know what? He's rumored to be a very nice guy. Guy's got class. Shows up to work in a suit and a tie. Does he now? Yeah, apparently he goes to set every day in a suit and a tie. So I thought those moments were the best moments of the class, where they were sharing like a real-life Hollywood story. They're good and motivational. Gary gave one example. He talked about someone that he works with who's great at what he does, but is just a really 
miserable person to work with. Like mm. he'll kind of yell at everybody. And he had sent this angry email where he was just screaming in all caps at Gary. Uh, Gary said that he just wanted to kill him at the time. When he went to work with this guy again, his wife said, okay, either you can work with this guy again or we can get a divorce because you were just oh, miserable wow. to be with when you're working with this guy. So that, that's how bad this was. He gave this story about how he got this email or scream mail as I called it, uh, where he stopped and just took a moment to say, okay, well, what's the real communication here? What's he actually saying? Oh, uh uh-huh. Okay, he doesn't want this girl to sit on this bench. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, that's fine. Uh He could have just said that, but that's what he's actually getting at here. And, you know, I really respect his decisions. You know, we're in sync on a lot of things. I'm building affinity now. And then I wrote back and I answered, like, his actual communication. And he was like, that's great. Perfect. Oh, so, okay, cool. great Good. story told through the lens of ARC. Yeah, fine. Yeah, if that's what helped you get there, great. So Joyce told us that these aren't Hubbard inventions. They're just universal truths that he discovered. Oh, okay. Long dramatic pause, willowy hand oh, gesture. That's, that's Internal so, laughter. <laughs> that's so the sort of fake modesty of like prophets, you know. Oh, well, it's not me. It's just God's word working through me for the first time in human history. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Consistent with 50,000 years of oh, yeah. human intelligence. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Capped in the last 25 years by L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, yeah. No, you're right, sweetheart. Oh, she kept telling us that it's your confront. You have to increase your confront. Oh, man. Thanks. What does that mean? That's really helpful. Again, yeah. that's just like how you put yourself out there and how uh-huh. you interact with others. Okay. But it's just like she's so steeped in the Scientology talk she can't turn it off right doesn't realize that other people don't talk about confronts and upsets right right. she singled me out at that point when she said did some of these tools help you Ross I just taken the class like a month beforehand. Right. It's not going to change my life or anything. But also, what are you going to say? No? Yeah, exactly. So many of these things are like, they throw out this rhetorical question. And if you said no, you'd just be lengthening the class by another five minutes. True. Until they get you to a point where you say yes. Anyway, yeah. uh, I'm yeah, not it's stupid. Just, it's just like when we did all that auditing about my dog and then they're like, well, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, good. You know, really good. <laughs> Big mistake. It's, not, it's still, uh, you know, it's still a sad event, but I feel better about it. No. Don't ma'am. be honest. You go back in there until you feel great. Uh, Gary says the mistake is to think that either you have it or you don't. You make you a star. So we are in control of our own destiny. That's another important lesson for all of you would-be actors out there. Mm. It's not that some people have the special thing. Mm. It's just that you need to control your destiny. Couldn't those both be true? We learned about start, change, stop. Start, change, stop is so bizarre. And so just like obvious. Yeah, it's either obvious or nonsensical. There's no in between. Joyce did that really annoying thing where she had this woman stand up and then sit down. And she said, see, she did exactly what I told her, but she did it with her body. But I built up the affinity that she would Uh do what I told her to do. Whoa, that's amazing. Wow. She's yeah. following along because you're teaching the class. Yeah. And also, oh, it puts that person in such a weird position because when they're doing all this mind fucking, you know, you're thinking like, <laughs> oh, am I supposed to just sit here because that's my own volition? Um, maybe I'm supposed to like not do what she's saying. Okay. No, maybe I should do what she's saying. I should do it confidently. Oh, no. Maybe, it, you know, yeah, you're just like playing this bizarre And game. it could go any which way depending on what point they're trying to make at that moment. And yeah. they're conflicting. It's and then you find annoying. out, oh, I won because I was your puppet. Okay. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. You did exactly what you wanted. Yeah, that really does not play into anyone's hand except for the instructor at that point. Uh, There was another like real life example of uh, Josh Logan. I guess he was the director of South Pacific and some other films. And there was someone who wanted to work with him. I think a current Scientologist. 
Milton, I think was the name. So he had done all this research in pre-internet days to find out like when Logan went to work with a great Russian artist, like mm-hmm. exactly which day he left and what steamship he left on and oh, when he right. arrived. And then he wrote a telegram to Logan and said, you know, on this date at this time, this young future director met this great artist. And now me shall meet you. And uh, and then Logan was impressed and then they became collaborators. So in that sense, it actually did work yeah, out into great. a working relationship. So good. Another good example. Same message, which is put yourself out there. Yeah. And uh, dare to do a little extra effort to build affinity with the person. Generally a good idea. But let me tell you a story about that not working out. So when I was at the Groundlings, there was... (laughs) I thought we were only supposed to hear the success stories (laughs) on the far right end of the bell curve. Are you trying to tell me another story? Yeah, there's more. There's more to this. Are you saying that reality comes crashing in sometimes? Sometimes. That life is hard? So when I was at the Groundlings, there was a guy who told me this story about how he went out for this part and like he just knew as he he was going out he knew like this is written for me this is perfect for me he like matched the type perfectly and it so resonated with his life or whatever so he goes he auditions and he can just tell they, they're not into him okay so as he's leaving he's thinking like oh i should turn around and tell them to give me an audition again but he doesn't he walks out the door and then he's like oh i regret not doing that so as the next actor goes in, he like comes in during that actor's audition. And he's like, you have to see me again. This part's for me. And of course, now they're just like, you're a dick. So they said, you know, you already uh, had your audition and we'll call you if it's a match. So as he's telling me this story, which is now a couple days later, he's like, so I went outside and I sat in their lobby and I just planted myself on the floor. And every time they came out, I said, I'm not leaving until you see me again. Oh, no. They left. They eventually just packed up. Okay. (laughs) Walked right by him and and left. left him there. He was like telling me this story as like, a look what a good job I did. And I was like, well, did they call? And he's like, no, but I, I just like knew I did the right thing. Because I did it another time. And then he tells you the story about showing up to set a couple days after he'd been an extra and showing up with like chocolates and flowers and being like, I have to see the director. I have to give him this gift. And he's just like being a real pain. Uh, at some point, you're just a creepy stalker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there, it didn't sound like that. There's a fine line here. Mm-hmm. And it didn't sound like that ended up great either. Okay. So listen, sometimes it works out. I'm not saying it doesn't. But yeah, it's not just like some cut and dry rule where if you like think outside the box, you're going to be fine. Yeah. This is kind of like the secret. I know we haven't really fully mm. talked about that, but where they just present these happy, shiny people who have succeeded, mm-hmm. but we're not looking at all the people who have failed using the exact same approach. Right. Yeah. I always picture a bell curve going on. Mm-hmm. Think of that in your head. And which part of the bell curve are you looking at when they are giving you this happy presentation? Right. So they had us do a, a quick icebreaker. We talked to the people next to us to build affinity. Oh, that's right. I talked to the woman behind me. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, no. What? So the idea was to find affinity by figuring out something that you both agree on. Right. But she didn't have much to say. And then she just sort of started- she was a Trump supporter? No. (laughs) But she started kind of listing off hobbies that don't totally resonate with me. And I was like, okay, Okay. no, not that. Oh, race car driving, huh? You know. And then- She said that she does really like her job because she works from home and she hates the nine to five work a day world. She likes being completely in control of her schedule. And I was like, oh, I'm totally like that. I like to have my own projects. I like to be in total control, Mm -hmm. not go to an office for my work a day world. 
And then, yeah, and so I was like, there it is, right? We have affinity. And she looked so disappointed. What? Yeah, no. she was just like, no, that's not a good one. And uh, Oh, no. Yeah, and then it was over and we had to sit down. And oh. I felt like I had really let her down. Oh, man. All the tone scales went crashing there. Yeah. Boy, well, I talked to the lady next to me and she was a ballet instructor. Ooh. And I asked her if my son and I could credibly get to a point where we could do the splits. Uh-huh. As men who, you know, are not small children. And she said, yes, if you keep working at it. Oh, okay. Which we do every night. We uh, Do you really? Yeah, we practice the splits for 30 seconds. That's awesome. Good for you guys. <laughs> because my wife had the hots for Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, when she was younger. And uh-huh. she was saying, like, he could do the splits. And that really turned her on for some reason. Now, are you trying to do the splits where the legs are out in front and open or to the side out in front and open okay got it yeah carrie's mimicking this with her arms yeah jean claude van damme style you know i didn't know which kind not even close yet but i'm working on it gotcha (laughs) that's wonderful ross it's good to have goals thank you leslie did jump in to make a good point she said that tom hanks's way is his way so you can't Mm. just like write that same kind of letter you have to find what you bring to the table and do it your own way. That's legit advice. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, good. Thank you, Leslie. And she went back into silence. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be really great to just like copy that letter word for word. Blammo. Sign <laughs> <laughs> <Just> Carrie Poppy. <laughs> just see what Please happens. don't use the internet. Please don't use the internet. <laughs> or just just change that word. Just make it like zinga. So that it's like a little harder to Google. Without the ba, just zinga. Yeah. Joyce uh, at one point said, create, create, create. Create. She threw in four creates. Yeah. I thought that was pretty awesome. That was that was a highlight for me. (laughs) A start point is a start point. Then you have one more point to confront. You follow? In that case, I did not follow. (laughs) No idea what she was saying there. Wait, say it again. A start point is just a start point. A start point is a start point. Then you have one more point to confront. You follow? (laughs) What? I don't think it made sense in context. Did anyone respond? I don't recall. Yeah. (laughs) I I think at that point, we definitely just like wanted her to to stop this. Oh, she called out one person and said, you're hiding your questions from me. And then one of the the ladies was like, me? And laughed nervously. And the other one next to her was like, me? (laughs) Strange and awkward. There were also, there was a a same-sex couple in the back Oh. Uh, two women who oh, yes. said something about like, oh, this is my beautiful wife or my beautiful partner or whatever. Right. And I wondered what was going on in the heads of the instructors. <sighs> oh, yeah. If you get on course, yeah. you guys are going to break up. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. So at this point, then, we had another person come in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jamie came Jamie, in. Jamie, we'll she, call her. She had been in once before just to set things up. Right. But this is her big shining moment. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing her Sea Org uniform, three-piece suit. A Caucasian like most Scientologists. Uh, yeah. Curly blonde hair. Tall, short, curly blonde hair. A kind of, I don't know, like severe makeup. Like it just felt very mm. hard-lined. Uh-huh. Um, no, I know what you're saying. Not if a she soft were... person. She looked very hard in appearance, uh, if that makes sense. Uh, well, like, uh, I mean, I feel like she would try out for roles as like your boss you know yes that would be her type yeah she would play jan on the first season of the office oh yeah totally jan that that's a very good analogy yes that kind of person <laughs> then again you know just may have been the effects of years of scientology yeah could be can do things although to a person. she told us she said now you don't have to be a scientologist to be here i've been here for years and it's never been pushed on me 
It's like you're your sea or staff at least. What does that mean? (laughs) Right. So I'm pushed on you. Do you just mean you voluntarily did it? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of the same. Not sure what she meant by that. And she was telling us also that there are these courses that we can take Mm -hmm. uh, that will lead us in these wise ways. And she was like, just so overselling it by saying, these are like a bulletproof vest. You need these to survive. The people that I've worked with, if I hadn't taken these courses, I'd probably be dead right now. (laughs) She said that. And I was looking around like, okay, what? Are any of you buying this? Why would you be dead? What? Why would you say that? You'd risen your hand. Why would you be dead? Excuse me. Question. Why would you be dead? (laughs) In in what in what remotely plausible way could that have led to your demise? (laughs) Oh my gosh. But doesn't that kind of remind you of your church days and people who would be like, boy, if I didn't have Jesus right now, I'd be a drug dealer in the streets and I would be shooting up heroin. Do right. you hear that stuff a lot? Oh, it's yes. like, well, hang on. Are you I'd, sure? Yeah, I'd be killing people. Right. Really? Is that what you want to do? Yeah, you wish you could. Or conversely, they would say, you know, oh, I was having sex with all these women uh-huh. and that just got old and then I, I found Jesus. And I'm I so did glad I'm so many that. drugs. Oh, which drugs? Oh, all, <laughs> all of them. Hmm. You did so many women, huh? Which women? Oh, all of them. Uh, So then she posed the million-dollar question to us. She had her million-dollar question, and she stopped to consider the etymology of the million-dollar question. I'm not sure where that came from. Where did the million-dollar question come from? That is a mystery. I said... Maybe it used to be $64,000. There was a TV show. $64,000 pyramid. And uh, Gary got really excited about this. I kept building affinity with Gary. Oh, good for you. Yeah, because I would get like, you know, an obscure reference or he'd get mine. And now you're in a relationship with him. Yeah, we uh, regularly meet on the slide. Don't tell my wife. Okay. Anyways, so we never solved the million dollar question question thoroughly. Because no one effing cared. But then uh, she goes around the room again and asks each person, what is it that's stopping you from achieving your goals? Uh-huh. Like, what is your main hang up? Uh-huh. That's the million dollar question. Yeah. But nobody gets a million dollars. Again, this that's very like clear of someone to say, right? Like we need to clarify this. No one will actually win a million dollars. <laughs> Can you imagine? It is a metaphorical million dollars. It would be so great if she was, after that, she's like, yep, in every room of 20 people, we pick one new millionaire. <laughs> and oh, it's Lauren from the middle row. With that many people, I would go to that class all yeah, the time. Oh, for sure. Even with the awkward Ooh, ending we're but- getting toward. But Ross, yes. one in every five people is a sociopath, so there were at least four to five sociopaths in that room. Wait, who says that? L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. One in five. One in five. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in this class, Joyce said that 30% of society is out to get you. There you go. That's even more. Three so out of ten. So you've got all the psychopaths and then just a few more people. <laughs> but you assured us that only 2.5% are truly are actually dangerous. Dangerous. Says LRH. Hip hip. Hooray. And this is where Jamie actually gave a start change stop example that I thought was kind of helpful. She was giving the example of someone at an audition who, you know, did their best, then went home, but they just kept running it through their mind because they Mm -hmm. they didn't get like a good signal from the auditors, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, just kind of keeps obsessing over like, oh, I could have done this better. And this is where she said, that's where you need to stop because you started and you changed, but you never stopped. You're mentally, personally, are still in You're that still audition. There. 
that's fair. I thought, okay, that's actually kind of a useful way to use the start chain. That actually reminds me of something Brian Cranston said about auditioning. I'm going to butcher this, but it was basically have a really good time performing it in the room as if that's the only time you'll get to perform it and just have a blast, but then leave it. Yeah. Good advice. Yeah. They uh, told us about these courses. Joyce was saying that uh, most creative people need to take ups and downs in life, that course. Uh-huh. And personal values and integrity. These are essential. And for the ups and downs everyone. in life. I don't remember if it was her or if it was some other Scientologist who like described that ad nauseum for us. Your life is like a roller coaster. Oh. We all know the analogy of ups and downs. <laughs> we don't need this. It sounds it's up and you're happy, right? But it doesn't stay going there. Great. But all of a sudden, maybe right as you're highest, you suddenly get low. Yeah, we get it. Thank you. Thank you. They also told us then about these courses. So you sign up for a course and you can get the book to go with it. And then you show up there at the Celebrity Center and you can read the book there. Fun. And they told us all the hours. So there's like four two hour periods throughout the day. You could show Mm -hmm. up and read. And then there's someone there to answer your questions. Great. Yeah. And then you get to do lots of paperwork. So you read Mm -hmm. and then you write stuff. Doesn't that sound fun? Not really. Usually only takes about 15 to 20 hours. But as she's, she was so smooth about this because she wasn't making it clear yet that like I'm selling you on these classes. It was just sort of like FYI, that's one thing that happens here. Oh, and now we're going to go around and see what you all need. Mm -hmm. But she's not matching those two things up really. She was so good. Yeah, it was very clear that this was a practice presentation that she'd done many times. Yes, for sure. she had her kind of usual sort of semi-laugh lines Uh that she'd sort of throw out. And she said, I'm not an actor. I'm someone who helps actors oh joyce then chimes in like oh well jamie's a wonderful actor and then jamie you know demurely says oh well let's not talk about that yeah (laughs) so many little asides like that in the class Uh, and so yeah part of her uh, presentation is then she says and we're a non-profit organization (laughs) trying to get money from you technically true Uh but just when when they say that about scientology is like Oh, okay. All right. Fine. Nonprofit. Okay. And she says, and we've made this very affordable. Per person, the course is only $15,000. Gary Snickers. Yeah, exactly. So they start laughing up front. And she's like, oh, you're supposed to wait. Uh-huh. I wanted to see how they all reacted. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's worth $15,000, but it's only $50. Mm-hmm. And then if you get the book, you end up spending $71.80. But Ross, what did you say was standing in your way? I said that it was the perfect being the enemy of the good mm-hmm. that I would kind of put off doing a, a big thing because I wanted to wait till I could do it right. Uh-huh. And that that moment would always be in the future. And then right. I would do a lot of smaller things until panic made me do the big thing. Mm, right. How about you? I said... I tend to put off things that don't have tangible output, especially if I have to rely on other people. So if it's like, I'm going to send out 10 emails to literary agents, but they might go into the stratosphere and never come back to me, that doesn't feel like I've done something solid that I can hold on to. So instead, I'll do things that I can show for myself, but maybe aren't the things I need to do in that moment. Right. I thought this was a pretty clear thing to say, but boy, she got confused. And she's like, well, I want to sum everything up with a course title. So (laughs) sounds like you need communication. And you're like, well, that's not really it. (laughs) Yeah, And then like try to re-explain it. And she's like, oh. Well, it might be then relationships. I think she's suggested for you. Like building ARC. 
sh- uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, you you eventually just kind of agree yeah. to it. So she's writing down next to everyone's name. Yeah, she's uh, what's your name? She's writing it down, and then, and then writing a little little shorthand to herself of what class. Yeah, they like need. a little three letter abbreviation for the course, and most of them were the communication course, yeah. I think. Yes. And then there was another one that showed up quite a few times. Uh, yeah, I think it was like the something of work. Maybe two outliers, like one personal values and, uh, uh-huh. and integrity or something like that. And and then Gary made sure to to tell her when she was addressing everyone as actors, like, wait, we have one non-actor. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's in animation, so say artists. Uh-huh. She's like, okay, we want to be very inclusive. So yeah. she said artists after And you're that. like, phew, I was about to walk out. Yeah, now. oh, I felt oh, really okay. like pigeonholed and stereotyped. <laughs> Uh, I mean, sweet, sure. Then she really goes into hard sales pitch mode because she gives us the the price. And then she said, now who in this room wants to achieve their goals? <laughs> okay, what's the nope. answer to that? Nope, nope. really no don't. One, actually. All right, so we all raise our hands. Uh-huh. And uh, who in this room would admit that you need some help to do that? Uh-huh. Mm, okay, all right, Fine. sure. Yeah. Uh, now who in this room thinks that this course would be helpful? Not really, but all right. I'm not going to be socially awkward and not raise my hand at that. Right. So she says, okay, well, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to bring in my associate. She had also gotten us to do this really clever. She was like, right at the top of your sheet, I want you to write like this code. And it was the code for the class or whatever, mm-hmm. but it just got you in the habit of just taking orders and writing things down on that sheet. Ah, uh, yeah. So you're just kind of already doing it kind of absentmindedly. And yes. she's like, and put your name down while you're down there. Uh, and so by the time you really... They've handed us these envelopes and pens to go with the envelopes. And so, yeah, we're writing this thing down in like your name. And then you're like 75% of the way through it when it dawns on you like, oh, I'm signing up. Oh, you're making me sign up. Right. I got savvy to it a little faster. As you can see, I did not write anything on mine Mm -hmm. because I saw the big bold letters underneath (laughs) your name, address, city, zip, phone. There's a big bold yes here is my $71.80 for a life improvement course and book. Yeah. Enclosed, check one, money order, cash, MasterCard, Visa, American Express, credit card number, expiration date, signature, all on the front of the envelope. But at, Clever. No, at no point does she say anything like, if you want to take the class, do A, B, and oh, C. Oh, no. It's just do A, B, and just C. Just fill this out. She told one person like, oh, well, if you just want to do the course without getting the book, you can do that. That's $50. So yeah, just make he, a note of that. had the book or something. It was super awkward. And I'd say this is one of the hardest sales tactics I've seen. I've sat through a number of timeshare presentations. <laughs> but, you know, it was like, okay, so all of you fill those out. And then when you're done hand them in and we'll head over together for refreshments into the next room. Mm-hmm. And so they sit there watching you. Yeah. It's super awkward. And you and I are sitting there in the front row. You know, we're looking at each other and these envelopes. Like, I don't want to fill this out. I don't right. Know. Like, it asks for your credit card number. I'm already, yeah, I, I'm already doing yeah, other cash stuff. Cash on you. few people are like already done and handing theirs in. But yeah, they're just sitting there waiting for you. So uncomfortable and mm-hmm. such a hard sales pitch. And so some people start exiting into the next room. And I don't know why this happened, but she turned to us and said, uh, you should go talk to Joyce in the next room. Yeah. Now, I don't know so why. So Joyce had already gone over there. I have no idea why we were chosen for this special treatment. But we were like excited because we didn't have to hand in the envelopes right away. So I'm I think it had something it. to do with us saying we were taking the Dianetics seminar. Okay. But yeah, we came into Joyce and said, oh, they wanted us to come talk to you. And she had no clue why. Nor did we. So yeah. it's like, oh, well, I don't Great. know. What am I supposed to say to you? Mm-hmm. 
we told her that we were taking the Dianetics seminar at the Blue Org, and she was like, oh, well, I'd rather you took it here, uh-huh. but that's fine. It's it's great for creative people. This is a place for creative So she was people. encouraging us. So uh, the Celebrity Center itself is a functioning org, mm-hmm. and you can take all the classes there. You told her that you were interested in doing the purification rundown, and she mm-hmm. told you that she took the first purification rundown ever. In the state of Alaska. In the state of, Okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I like how there was this look of being impressed on your face, and then I said in the state of Alaska, it went away. Yeah. But still, you know, good for you. And she told us there's a lot of alcohol there, so it's important to have that. Because I was saying, oh, they've got very fresh air there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they've got an alcoholism problem. That makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which speaks to them maybe being a little down on alcohol as well. Yeah, maybe. Interesting. That's why you get charged extra for those mimosas. Also, speaking of uh, Alaska and it being near Canada. But close enough to see Russia. Drew and I just went on a cruise to Canada (gasps) where we saw the Vancouver Scientology Org. Ooh. But as I was buying our travel-sized toiletries to go at the CVS, the young man behind the counter said, where are you going? And I said, Canada. And Mm -hmm. he said, oh, cool. And I said, on a cruise. And he said, Mm -hmm. oh, on the East Coast? And I said, no, on the West Coast. And he thought about that. And he said, huh, Canada has a West Coast. That's it. That's my whole story. That's amazing. Yeah. So at this point, other people are kind of streaming into the room, but Joyce has sort of had her little conversation with us, and she's like, all right, well. She had us talk to Gary for a second. Yeah, we talked to him. And we got some chips, and she said, just hang on one second. And she went and talked to Jamie, and then came back and was like, she held my hands in her hands, and she said something like, go forth, be well. <laughs> wow, I don't uh, remember this uh, yeah, meaningful was, moment. She was clearly just saying, like, you guys are already in this. Like, we don't need to put you through the rigmarole. I might have been stuffing the- my face with chips. Okay. <laughs> but... But at that moment, we had like our reprieve and we're like, yeah. get out, get out. Yeah. And so we like quickly get out and we got the hell out of Dodge. Yep. We like speed walked uh-huh. down the hallway to the double doors and like, move, 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 yeah. get to the car. Then we did. And uh, and I went right back to the blue building, the LA org, because I was having another meeting to talk about my potential purification rundown. Right. And I'd already scheduled that in advance because- they forced me to. And so I just went straight back for more Scientology. So yeah, that was like an eight-hour day for me of Scientology. Goodness. It was awful. Just so no one gets too excited, you're not purified. Why Why would you say that to them? Why would you dash their potential hopes? Because I don't want to dash them then. That's my point. I don't want to I want to build up them up. And then dash their and hopes. And dash them when they are at their <laughs> pinnacle. So like the ups and downs in life. That yeah, kind it's, of thing. Carrie, it's like a roller coaster mm. because the roller coaster will bring you up uh-huh. to the apex, to okay. the very top. But then you don't stay there. Uh-huh. You go, uh, we call it down <laughs> to the trough, the nadir. Uh-huh. Okay, got it. Now I get it. But, I was but, like, what? Now well, I'm like, oh. Hold on, though. But then you go right back up again. Uh-huh. And you might like flip upside down or do a little like curly cue okay, thing. See, I think the analogy is running thin now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to the end and there's like a sound, a yeah. And then your seatbelt goes up, and then uh, you say, hang on here, wait here, please. And do, then you, do you follow? hold forward, <laughs> and the thing goes, and then you go forward. <laughs> What's that sound That's at the end of a Hydraulics. Coaster? Ah. Good old hydraulics. That makes sense. Yeah. 
So anyway, we're very successful industry giants now. That's true. We are well established thanks to Scientology. Well, you know what? Between that event and now, I booked and shot my first leading role in a film. Hey. But I did not use any of the. No? I didn't. I didn't use a single goddamn thing. (laughs) Okay. So you won't give the credit to Scientology. No, I'm not ready to. But maybe one day. One day I'll see what they did for me. To be fair, the class description did say that it would be using Scientology tools from the book, The Problems of Work. Oh, yeah. They were upfront about it. No doubt. We wouldn't necessarily recommend it for anyone wanting to be an actor in Hollywood. I think you you probably just got all the useful info you need and then some from this podcast. <laughs> I think that's right, too. But who knows? Maybe you'll be the next Juliette Lewis. Or Giovanni Rabisi. Oh, also, Ross, I wanted to tell you. What are you going to tell me? Uh, Since we recorded the last episode, I read Leah Remini's book. Yes. Troublemaker. Yes. Very enjoyable. Liked it a lot. Trouble with a capital T. That <laughs> rhymes with P. And that stands for pool. No, it was uh, it was real fun. Um, I really liked her as a person. Like, she's very sassy. I mean, of course, this is her telling a story, so who knows? But at least in her telling, she just butts heads with people through like her entire tenure in Scientology for really? you know, decades. It's yeah, she's not yeah. just following along; she's mm-hmm. got ideas of her own. Yeah, excellent. Which eventually take her out of it. But one thing that I noted as I was reading it is that she mentioned the building that we went in for the L. Ron Hubbard Life Exhibit. Inside that same building is OSA, who are the people who like go out and do all the spy work for Scientology. Yes, it's where they yeah. emanate from. Yeah, so we were just below them. Cool. They may have pooped above us while we were there. Above our very heads. Yeah. In the fancy bathrooms. Yeah. Cool. It may also be where Miscavige has an office. So that was our fun investigation of the Scientology Celebrity Center. Yeah. Great restaurant. We highly recommend when it reopens in 2018. If you got confused, by the way, about where Drew went, he only came for the brunch and didn't stay for the... <laughs> yeah, that's true. We <laughs> never gave him an exit. die in the middle of this. <laughs> I'm glad you followed up on that. And we'll be back again with more from Scientology. There is still more story more. to tell. Can you believe it? Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our producer and co-editor is Ian Kramer. Our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash onrack, which has lots of pictures and us because we comment on things and share pictures and stuff. So go there. And you can support this investigation and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And be sure to mention that you listen to our show because that's the only way we get your donation. Hit that checkbox, please. Yeah, man. We have a Twitter where tweets are tweeted (laughs) and that is Oh No Podcast. And we have an iTunes where iTunes reviews are left. That is iTunes. And also Stitcher and all those other wonderful services where finer podcasts are collected and distributed and disseminated. We have a Stitcher where it is stitched. And remember, in the words of L. Ron Hubbard... Not smoking enough will cause lung cancer. If anybody's getting a cancerous activity in the lung, the probabilities are that it's radiation dosage coupled with the fact that he smokes. And what it does is start to run out the radiation dosage, don't you see? I'm Jesse Thorne, the host of Bullseye. Bullseye is your guide to what's good in pop culture. Every week, I'll sit down with people like Elvis Costello, Elizabeth Banks, and Spike Lee to talk about their creative work and their lives. 
Find your new favorite TV show, book, movie, or album and gain new insights into the things you already love. That's Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.